The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And we've been doing this ethical and responsible AI series now for the last 11, 12 episodes. And actually, this is one of the last episodes for this ethical and responsible AI series. I won't tell you it's the last or not because you need to subscribe to find out. But uh, if this is the first uh, episode you're listening to of AI Today and podcast in general, or this one in the AI and uh, ethical and responsible AI series, you should go back and listen to a whole bunch we've had. Everything talking, everything about data, fairness and bias, security and reliability, you know, uh, transparency, organizational concerns, why ethical AI even matters, legal concerns, aspects of system controls and governance. We we spend a, we talk about a lot. We talk about all those things, and they're all excerpts from our cognitive project management from for AI CPMAI methodology. Uh, course, which tells you how to do AI right, you know, from a methodology process perspective. It's this enhancement we have plus E, which is focusing on building an ethical and responsible AI framework. So it's not just about talking about all these nice to know things about ethics. You can listen to a whole bunch of podcasts and webinars and learn about all those things. But what are you going to do about it? And how do you go about doing it in a systemic way that's repeatable? So then you're not like, oh yeah, I forgot to do some data privacy thing. That's what the framework is all about. And that's what we train and certify people in is how to build those ethical and responsible AI frameworks for your organization so that you can put them as part of every project iteration, which of course should be done using CPMAI, the methodology for doing AI projects right. Exactly. So if you've listened to our previous podcasts in this series, you'll have heard a number of snippets, which are what you need to consider and put in place for, you know, really doing AI right with that ethical and responsible AI mindset and the framework that you're developing. If you have not, then we encourage you to go back and listen to all of them. But it's important to note that they are just snippets from our training and certification. So if you'd like to get the whole uh, you know, package with the training and certification, then make sure to register for CPMAI plus E. I've linked to it in the show notes and you can uh, go and click on that link and then purchase it directly from our website so that you get everything that you need to not only get certified in this, but to really get all of the knowledge that you need um, and so that you can move forward with ethical and responsible AI. It's part of CPMAI as well. So you'll learn how to do AI right from that, you know, project management perspective, making sure that you're avoiding some of those big failures that we've seen with projects that have gone wrong. But then this is the enhancement with the ethics uh, portion added to it so that you are telling people you know how to do this. It's an individual level certification, which means it carries with you, whether or not you stay at that role that you're currently in or your organization. The certification stays with the individual. So you will let people know that you are CPMAI plus E certified. In today's snippet, we want to talk about you know, ethical and responsible AI is really something that you do. It's not just a statement. Yes, you can have an ethical AI statement out there, but if you're not actually putting it into practice, then it's just for show and it might as well say anything because you're not actually doing it. To be successful, to do AI right, 
to avoid those failures and, you know, not be in the news. That's not what we want. We don't want headlines talking about how you violated some data privacy laws or how your AI, you know, chatbot went rogue and started to recommend things that it shouldn't have. All of these different issues that we've seen. You want to make sure that you're actually doing it and it's not just a statement. And so in this snippet, we're going to talk about what you need to do and how you need to be thinking so that at this ethical and responsible AI really is something that you do at an individual level, your project level, and then your organizational level as well. So it's really important to make sure that you are not building out your ethical and responsible AI framework to just really have it for show. A lot of dangers can come about with that. Hopefully by now, you know, we have shown you a lot of uh, things that have gone wrong. You don't want to be on that other side of the press when it comes to that. But you really want to make sure that you've put this together and you have these ethical AI committees that are not just for public show. Uh, some people can call this ethics washing because you are doing this so that you can gain trust, right? You can have trustworthy AI systems. You can have people feel good about using your systems, confident about using your systems. So you don't want to actually uh, you know, make your AI systems uh, untrustworthy. So when you have this AI ethics committee, it's important to understand you know, what exactly it is, because if you, if it is just for show, it doesn't prevent you from certain things like getting sued or customer liability, facing investigation by government, you know, even potentially somebody going to jail and there's going to be a lot of PR disasters. We've showcased a bunch of them and also real harm as well can be done by these systems. So we want to make sure that we're trying to prevent that. Yeah, so I think it's really important. I mean, we've seen many, many, many instances of this in the real world where organizations feel like they need to have some sort of ethics board or committee or a statement. And having that board or statement is like some sort of a magic superpower that somehow will make your AI systems more trustworthy. But of course, we know that's not true. There's this article on The Verge uh, that's called The Problem with AI Ethics that talks about the fact that these big tech companies, we know them all, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, all those folks, have these AI ethics boards and things that they are doing. And a lot of it really is for show because it hasn't really changed their actual AI systems. And we've shown you in all of these lessons, specific examples of Amazon getting sued, Microsoft getting sued, Meta getting sued, Facebook is getting sued, IBM, all these companies having real lapses and problems and their boards not saving them. And this article really has this really powerful quote in there that says that tech's enthusiasm for ethics paraphernalia, as they call it, is just ethics washing, a strategy to avoid government regulation. When researchers uncover new ways for technology to harm marginalized groups or infringe on civil liberties or kill people in the case of Uber and Tesla and folks like that, tech companies can just point to their boards and charters and say, look, we're doing something. It deflects criticism, and but it says and, but it really should say, but because the boards lack any power, it means the companies don't change. So that is not why you're here uh, doing the CPMAI plus E, the ethical and responsible AI framework. You're here to actually keep yourself out of trouble. You're here to build systems that your customers and partners and users will trust. You're here to basically not make problems worse, but solve, make them better. So you, you need to implement 
the framework. You need to make the framework real and you need to have it be part of your day-to-day activities with AI and data, not just a board that meets every once in a while or some statement that goes on a website. Now, do you need a statement on your website, so-called trustworthy AI policy statements? And the answer is they can be helpful, okay? If you do have a trustworthy AI policy statement, what you're doing is you're telling the public, you're providing public support or public awareness and evidence of what you're actually doing. So you're saying, here's what we're actually doing from an ethical and responsible AI practices. Everything that we're doing in the framework, how our, our groups are set up, how the people are set up, you know, how we respond to crises, how we respond to you, well, how you can send us your concerns, right? So you can have these AI policy statements and they can be very useful as a tool, but they're not a replacement or a substitute or a shortcut for either the framework or any of the things that you have to do to actually make the framework work. So we need, and what we're going to be spending this lesson talking about are what are the ways that we can make our ethical and responsible AI framework real and actionable and practical and people can be compliant and how can we enforce it and how can we implement it? by all of our AI systems in our entire ecosystem, our, ourselves, our partners, our vendors, our suppliers on a day-to-day basis. That's what's going to make this valuable and keep you out of trouble. So if we want to make it real, we need to make sure that we're you know, following certain steps and procedures to make sure and you know, putting the correct boards in place, getting the correct people involved so that we really can make this valuable for everybody. So we're going to be digging a lot deeper into all of these in upcoming uh, slides. But really, the you know we want to make sure that we have an organization-wide ethical and responsible AI framework. So this, this should be at an orga- organizational level. So you're going to want to be bringing in all the correct stakeholders and individuals involved with this. You're going to want to think about Oh, if you're a multinational organization, how will you be bringing in, you know, different groups, different regions to make sure this really is representative? And you're going to want to make sure you're customizing the framework that creates a baseline for all AI projects. And that's important to understand because we can always add to this, but this needs to be at that base level and provide that organizational guidance and structure that you need for all of your AI and data projects, and then guidelines for adapting and extending that framework on a per-project basis. So moving along from our organizational wide, we can also have a per project ethical and responsible AI framework. And this can be customized based on the project that you have. So maybe you say for certain types of projects, the organizational wide one is just fine. But for for certain projects, maybe if it's in a highly regulated industry or it has more specific needs, you can have a per project ethical and responsible AI framework that just goes a little bit farther. This can help provide specific guidance for individual projects uh, and how they need to be looked at to make sure that they are uh, complying with this. Yeah, so the next group we need here. So now we talked about sort of the framework. So these are the documents and the um, specific uh, per- procedures that we're going to put in place to guide all of our AI projects. But of course, we need people to <laughs> enforce and 
make those procedures a reality. So we have really two main groups of people. The first group are the ethical and responsible AI framework committee or board or team, however you want to call it. And this group basically manages the framework. So we talked about, we're going to use the framework organization wide across the whole organization, across the whole organization, as well as we're going to use it on a per project basis. And it may be customized. If I've got a facial recognition project, I may need to say more specific things about bias and all sorts of aspects of how it's going to be used and allowable use and misuse and abuse and all that sort of stuff, right? So this framework committee will keep iterating and managing this document. We'll have it treated like any asset. We'll have it version controlled so we can refer to specific versions. And and, uh, and also like this framework committee can provide guidance to the project teams if they want to customize it. If someone says, I want to use this framework, but I'm not sure how to, how to use it for this particular uh, purpose, the framework committee can provide that guidance, right? Either directly, or maybe there's like some community forum or something like that, right? But this, that committee is just responsible for managing and maintaining that framework. So it's always relevant and always up to date and always useful. We do need a group to enforce it, right? So if you want to think of the ethical and responsible AI framework committee as like sort of the legislators, you know, the Congress making the laws, we need to have the judicial and the executive system enforcing the law. So the AI Governance Committee Board, they are primarily internally facing, and they provide the actual management governance and guidance and the final authority and ownership of all the AI projects in the organization. So that if someone has a complaint, they go to the uh, the governance board. If someone wants you to, um, you know, if someone wants to uh, you know, do some data privacy, to enforce a data privacy concern, comply with the law, the AI governance committee the group, they're the ones that come and say, okay, we need to comply with these laws. We need to, we need to enforce it. Your project is violating the framework. Uh, you're doing something that's not correct, right? That's what the AI governance committee board is for. And it feels kind of onerous, but we'll talk about ways to make it collaborative. So people all have a stake to say, okay, the governance board is there to make sure that our projects continue to perform as they should. Now, each individual AI project has their own AI owner, their own their own AI project ethics owner. So each team has somebody who themselves is sort of like their mini governance head, right? Make sure that when they put the framework to get together for their project, that it is actually fulfilling the things it needs to. And those AI project owners, they respond, they report to and are part of the general AI governance board. And they are responsible for the implementation of the framework or playbook for that project. And then if there's a problem with that project, it, it has some ethical issue, transparency issue, explainability issue, that owner is responsible for dealing with those uh, interactions to make sure that the AI project complies. Now, if we have all this in place, we have a solid framework that's constantly iterating, and we have a governance group that's truly managing the projects, and we have project owners that are truly in charge, we should be able to deal with pretty much any concern we have around the ethical and responsible use of AI in the organization. So, you know, this is a bit of a wrap up in some ways. Uh, this is clearly not the end of the story for ethical and responsible AI. I am sure that we're going to continue to find additional things that we had not discussed. And we actually, honestly, the training and certification on ethical and responsible AI is much broader than these past 11 or 12 episodes. We actually just selected a few of the excerpts from over eight hours of training. Uh, and certification just on the content. Plus, of course, we have all these exercises and then a certification exam. We take this really seriously. We want you to be certified, not just like, oh, I took a class somewhere or I watched a webinar somewhere. That's not going to give the employers the trust in you so that you can create systems that 
other people will trust, right? It's a little bit of a trust wheel, right? So how are employers going to trust you that you know what you're doing? That's what certification's all about. That's what that's all about. And what we're showing here is that the ethical and responsible AI, the stuff that we've participated in and shared here with you across all these podcasts are just bits and pieces of it. There's a bunch of stuff we haven't talked about, you know, in this podcast to talk about, you know, how do you actually go ahead and build, build the framework, you know, different aspects of systemic transparency, different aspects of AI governance. There's a lot of topics on governance we haven't talked about. We didn't share the, as, the aspects of responsible AI around misuse and abuse of systems, um, you know, other aspects of responsible use, again, keeping the human in the loop, aspects of human accountability. Oh, we could, we could easily, well, we could spend eight hours with you because that's how much our training and certification time is. So really, honestly, we hope we've piqued your curiosity here, but we want you to be more than just curious. We want you to do something about it. We want all of our listeners to be the best listeners. We want you to be the, the people who can really make a change in this world, not build yet another AI system failure or be another reason why their particular system made the news for doing something bad or causes some law to happen even because you really screwed things up. So in order to avoid all that, really put this into practice. Put what you're hearing into practice. Put ethical and responsible AI, not just building the framework and doing the framework, but do AI right to begin with. You know, people underestimate the value of training, education, and certification. They think, oh, well, I'm just going to learn it on the job. I'll figure it out as I go, or I'll get that from my product. I don't need to know how to do it. I'll just click a button and that'll happen. Or maybe I'll just hire some magic unicorn that's figured it out. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Sometimes it's just knowing the right way to do things. You could take someone who's never baked a sponge cake before and the right teacher will show them and that they too can build that, make that cake. It may not be perfect the first time around, but they have the method. They have the recipe. They have the, the, the approach. It's not about, well, I guess I'm just going to buy a better box. Maybe you will. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll give you that one cake. But at the moment you try to do something else, you can't because you don't know how. So that's what all this is all about. And, you know, sometimes it comes across as scolding where we scold our audience. We're like, you guys know a lot, but you're not doing anything with that knowledge. You know, sometimes it comes across as scolding because we're like, we see, we see you out there building these projects that are failing and we talk to you and you don't know the difference between project management methodology and scientific methodology, right? You don't know the difference between, and, and, our listeners are smart. You guys should know these differences. So put them into practice. Really get yourself trained and certified. Show your employers and others that, that not only can you make your AI projects a success, but you can make a success for them. Exactly. So as we've mentioned, we've linked to it in the show notes. We really uh, we thank everybody that's signed up so far for CPMAI Plus E and everybody that's reached out and told us you know, that they hadn't thought about this before. It's incredibly important because that's what we want, right? We want AI project success and we want to help you be successful with your AI projects because at the end of the day, nobody wants AI projects to fail. So we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode today. We always love to hear from our listeners. You can reach out to us at Cognolytica.com or email us at info at Cognolytica.com. That's C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. 
We also love to get ratings from our listeners. So we love five-star reviews, but we are on all of the major podcast platforms. So definitely make sure to leave a review. And if you'd like to write something as well, we do always read them. We love to hear from our listeners and share our podcast as well, because that helps get the word out so that we can reach more people and help continue to spread the word on doing AI right. So again, we want to thank our listeners for listening to this episode and all of the episodes that we've had. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today so you can get notified of all of the future episodes that we have where we will be digging deeper into additional topics on how to do AI right. And thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.